So I just want to encourage all fathers that are here today. We know that you work hard for us, that you sacrifice for us, that you give to us, and that we love you very much. And that women, this is summertime, go home and make sure that you have a glass in the freezer waiting for your husband when he comes home. And don't hide the remote any longer. Today, I would like to give honor where honor is due, and since I am the pastor's daughter, and this is Father's Day, I am going to honor my dad. I know he's sitting over there, so I'm not trying not to look at him, because he turns, and he turns red, and he gets embarrassed, because he doesn't take, you know, compliments very easy. But, you know, when I was put, trying to put the sermon together, or I was thinking about this sermon, you know, and I looked, and I ran across my Bible, the characteristics of a godly man, there was my father on those pages. I seen my father, which is your pastor. Because he lives a godly life. Amen. He is a godly man. He walks with integrity. Yes. Yes, amen. He, ha- he is honest. Yes. He is a hard worker. He's always worked hard. Before he even became a pastor, he worked hard. I, that's all I've ever remembered, how he has worked hard. And he can love people. Yes. He knows how to love people. I have learned so much from him just watching how he can love people. Me and Jeff would have had quite a few barbecues. Some of you guys are going to get that, okay? Goats and sheeps, barbecues. Tracy, where are you at? We would have had a good time, sister. But because of my dad, we've learned that it's through God that he loves everybody. And it's because of his passion for God that he's able to love, even when goats bite. But it's the sheep he loves. And he knows that one day, if he keeps trusting in God and being the pastor that he is, that those goats will turn into sheep. And that is his goal, and that is his passion. So I love you, Dad. So today, I want to bring a word for you. I want to deliver my heart. Um... When I was thinking about the, the sermon, I thought about my dad, and I thought about his passion that's driven him through this ministry. My mom has been right there beside him, but my, mom, my dad has been the front runner. My, my mom has been the one with the foot behind him like this, you know? But it's his passion for God that truly is the one has got him this far. It is his passion for God that makes him be able to love the people like he can love the people. Because in our human nature, we can't love people like God loves people. God gave his life so that we could have uh, everlasting life and have that relationship with him. And today, if I had a title of my sermon, it would be A Call for Intimacy. And I wanted to say that God's, one of God's priorities in our lives is our relationship with him. It's his highest priority. It's in that time that we become to know who he is and who we are. But today, in this call for intimacy, I want to paint a picture for you so that you'll see what I feel like God is trying to show you. Because I know a lot of us have prayer lives. I know a lot of us show up on Tuesday nights because I'm talking and preaching to myself. We know how to get a hold of the Lord. We know that we know that we know that God is God. He's in control and that all things work to the purpose of the good of them that love the Lord that are called according to a purpose. But I also see that we are struggling, that we're living beneath our means, that even though we quote scripture, there's still that doubt behind us that we don't actually 
We believe it, but we don't believe it. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm going to show you today is what I feel like the Lord wants me to paint a picture that what he desires for this body This body, because this body has an identity. You have an an individual identity, but when we come together, we're as a whole. And as a whole with an identity, he has a purpose and a plan for us. And in that purpose and a plan, we must reach our potential. Because in that potential is when they see Christ in us. We can't keep, we don't want to keep struggling. We shouldn't keep struggling. He allowed them to beat him beyond recognition so that we could walk in wholeness, that we could walk in truth, and that when he went to that cross and he gave his life, that we could walk whole and have freedom and liberty. So the picture I want to paint for you today is you, in your mind, that safe place in your home, whether it be your room, whether it be your living room, and the lights are dim, and there's soft worship music in the back. Something that touches your heart. Something that moves you. And you're on your knees. And there's no, God, I need this. God, I want this. God, I need you to move here. There's no me at all. It's you saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I need you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. You're the greatest. You raise your hands. You start to break. You start to shed off the weak. You start to shed off all the trouble. You start to shut off all the bills that's not been paid. You forget. You just let go. You start entering into a special place of intimacy. You're vulnerable. It's just you and God. You start to break. You start to cry. He starts to minister. He starts to talk to you. He starts to telling you who you are. He starts describing his love for you. He starts giving you a special, special word for you that's just you, just personal between you and him. He starts building you up. Your identity starts changing. Your characteristics start being transformed into his characteristics so that when you rise up, you are ready to fight the fight, the good fight of faith. That's the intimacy that I am talking about. That is not easy. That is not an easy place to go. I wish I could tell you today that it is, but I I consider myself a prayer warrior. I mean, every Tuesday for many years have done this, and this is a struggle for me because my mind goes erasing million things. The prayer warrior starts raising up because I hit this battle of I know God can do it, you know, but then there's that person that needs to break. Liz needs to be vulnerable right before the Lord. All the issues that I have, all the insecurities that are there, all the troubles that are there needs to be for the Lord. And what happens? I climb up. I climb up. So I want to give you about two or three points, maybe four, depends on where I go, because I've preached this, I don't know how many times, and went all kinds of different ways. Okay? So I'm going to just see how the Holy Spirit leads me today. One of the reasons that I believe that we have the hardest time going to this place, or even, even, even trying to go to this place, is because of our life. Time is not on our side. The enemy, the Lord says in Jeremiah that he has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us to do good for us, not to do harm. Well, let me tell you something. The enemy has the opposite plan. 
And just as the Lord is there to help you, to lead you, to guide you, the enemy is there with his foot out in front of you. There's potholes and there's devocates advocates there to steal your time, to lay things on you that's not yours to you to carry. So you, you have to recognize the enemy's plot to steal from you. You have to come to a knowledge that God desires you. You know, I can get up here for the rest of my life, and if I don't spend that time, I don't have anything. In Ecclesiastics, it talks about a man or a woman that can have every home, beautiful home. They can have all kinds of degrees. They can have it going on with servants and everything. But yet, if they don't have the presence of God in their life, they don't have the wisdom, they don't have the knowledge, they don't have the understanding, they have nothing. And that's what, we don't, that's what we have to come to realize, that the enemy is out to steal, kill, destroy from you. And he'll do it in little ways. He'll do it in where somebody sucks up your time. You're getting ready, you're going to your room, the Spirit's been moving on you. You just know that God is calling you, that he's going to spend time with you, and you just know it, and you're excited in your spirit, and you get a phone call. Somebody needs a ride, somebody's broke down. Work calls you. And in the back of your mind, you know, because I'm a boss, I can talk like this. You know, they need you, but they really don't need you. That's because they're just needy. Okay? And so it steals from you. We have to realize that. Or we work so hard during the day that we don't have the energy to meet him. So I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to set a date with Jesus. Set a date. Make it early in the morning. Make it late at night. But tell him, Lord, I'm making a date with you. I need to see you at this time. Would you meet me? Make an effort. Make an effort to meet him. To meet him. To be with him. Because you know this is what's going to impact our lives. Being with him is what's going to be impacting in our lives. That's what's going to make the difference in you. Brother Gary, you can quote scripture all day long, but until you get on your knees and he reveals who he is, that love, that love, that word, he can say one word that can impact your life, that you can rise up, and no matter what comes your way, you can speak to something and it'll part. Because you know that you know that you know that God is on your side. And you know that when you speak, you don't speak in your own. That you speak because of your authority in him. Because you know who you are. Nobody can come over here and tell me that I'm not my dad's daughter. Or my mother's daughter. <laughs> Where Randall said, I did. he said, usually the apple falls off the tree or the nut falls off the tree. He said, I didn't even fall off the tree. <laughs> Nobody can tell me that. And don't tell me what my mother said, because I know what my mother said. And don't tell me what my dad said, because I know what my dad said. And this is the same, the same that I, convictions that I have right here about what my mom and dad say. Is This is the same we have with God. And when we get that implanted in us, we will walk victorious. Will we have troubles? Yes. But can we part the Red Sea with a word because we know who we are? Yes. Why does it say that we can point our finger at something and tell that mountain to be removed? Because it means that a mountain in your life can be removed when you point your finger at it because you 
know who you are in Christ. But unless you get down and spend that time in intimacy, we can get up here all day long and we can feed you and you can be equipped with tools and lessons. But unless you can consume it and embrace it, you will constantly be having troubles beyond beneath you because you are called to rise and soar as an eagle and not peck with the chickens you are not called to peck with the chickens chickens peck each other eagles soar together soar together we are called to soar together And we all have our different personalities, and that's the way God created us, because we all have a gift and talent, and we have people that we can reach, that I can reach people, Brother White can't, Brother White can reach people, I can't, and Shannon can reach people that I can't reach, and Jeff can reach another one, and Dad can reach another, and Veronica can reach other ones. We all are called. All are called. But we're so busy and so caught up in our lives that the passion and the fire from our first love, you remember when God called you and he saved you and you got excited and you wanted to tell everybody, you know, that Jesus Christ had come in your life and that look what he's done for you. He's delivered me. I feel free. I'm whole and stuff like, you know, that kind of stuff, that exciting stuff. Passion. Passion. And now we're like, hey, how are you? I'm good. What's new? Nothing, but I'm good. Really? As my, my grandson would say, really? Really? Where's our fire? Where's our passion? What in you makes people want Jesus? What's in you? He's in you. You have to kindle fires because they go down. You can, I'm not, what I'm talking about is not a one-time deal. I'm talking about it's a date night. Because let me tell you something. On that, as you start spending time with him, the desire for the world starts going out the door. And you find yourself, Brother Gary, waking up that morning, desiring to get to that time with him. You become men and women, like in a desert, desiring water. Because he is the only thing that quenches your thirst. He's the only thing that puts out the fire of the heat of the, of the enemy. He is. He is. The second thing that I want to talk about is something that's really, you know, I'm the ministry leader in Celebrate Recovery, so you know that was coming, you know, is, <laughs> is we love the Lord. He's called us out. But like Lazarus, still some of us are walking with grave clothes on. Some of us have victory in areas of our life that we are full of victory. And then we have some that are so bound tight that you can't tell the wrapping from our skin. It's become a part of us so that when we do get down to pray, we hide from him. And you say, what do you mean, Sister Liz, you're down there praying? Because you can, dis- you can talk all the time and not let God talk. Lord, save my children. They're heathens, Lord. Save my children. That boss at work, Lord, she gets under my nerves so bad. Could you just either slay her or save her, Lord? You know? Help me, Lord. Help me. This is the best one right here. Help me, the Lord, to be better. Help me to do good, Lord. And then, love you, Lord. Amen. And up. And you're out of there. 
hiding from God because you're afraid of what underneath the grave clothes are. You're ashamed, maybe. Maybe there's something that, you know, that happened in your life, and you don't want nobody to know, and it still causes so much pain that it just sends ripples right through your emotions. Sends ripples right through you. And you just don't want to deal with it. Or if you deal with it, you think that God won't love you. Even though you know God knows everything, you still, we can play all kinds of crazy stuff in our minds. And women, I'm a woman, so we can talk to women. When we've been hurt, we know how to go into an area of our heart, and we know how to close it up, brick it up, and put a sign, beware of dog. Okay, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit starts picking around that, and you're like, oh, oh, God. Shannon, I don't know what I'm going through, but you're going to have to pray for me, okay, because the devil's really after me. He's really after me, Shannon. Me and Shannon can do this because we've done this to each other, okay? We know. That's how I can pray like this or talk like this because I know I'm talking about myself, okay? And it is, and there's, the devil's not after you. The Holy Spirit's after you. Holy Spirit's after you. He's after you. He's after that problem. Because he's ready there to reveal. Because the thing is, in your mind, this built-up thing that's so more than what it really is, that God, I, I don't know what we build in our head. That you know, I really don't think we put too much thought in it, actually. The truth is, is that it's just this thing, and it lays over our head, and it's like weights on us, or a shadow, and it sits with us, and it walks with us. But the Holy Spirit wants to remove it. And with one word, two words of the Holy Spirit, it could be just forgive them. Just forgive them. That could be just what he asks, just forgive him. Now, ladies, I know that's a big work right there with some of us in some areas of our life. But I'm going to tell you right now. And men, I don't know why I'm leaving you out. You guys are bad too, you know? You're bad too. A lot of your hurts is because of us. I mean, our hurts is because of you. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not, it's, it goes both ways, believe me. I know. But let me tell you something. God is in the forgiving business. And even if, I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to go out on a limb because I've told this to other people, but I've never really said over the pulpit, just say, I forgive them. And some of that will be so hard because I was dealing with a young lady a couple weeks ago and she just, she absolutely couldn't do it. But God had moved on her to forgive them. And I didn't know this, and she had sat beside me. I have, like, this counseling thing at my work. Everybody, everybody has a problem. They come see me. And it's almost like everybody knows it, so they'll just they'll cover for them. Go see Liz. Go see Liz. So she came in, and she sat down. And she's telling me about this. And I just looked at her because I was busy, okay? You're talking about stealing time because I'm trying to keep my job, minister to people, and be on top of things. So I'm trying to be real proactive and trying to stay multitasking at the same time. So, and I'm like, because the Holy Spirit don't really need me. He just needs me to open my mouth, you know? So I'm like, I'm, I'm typing and she's talking to me. And one word, the Holy Spirit just dropped in my spirit, forgive. And I looked at him. I said, I think the Lord just wants you to forgive him. And she goes, really? 
And I'm like, yes, why? She goes, because I took a drive the other day, and I was listening to the radio, and I just pulled over to the side, and I was crying, and I felt like the Lord told me, forgive him. (laughs) And I said, well, he wants you to forgive him. She said, I just can't. I just can't. I said, okay. So I left it alone for a minute, because sometimes people have to absorb things. And that's the way we are. We have to absorb it. You can't always just forgive somebody right away. You have to learn to forgive you have to learn to forgive them. God, it's a, a process is what it is, you know. As long as you keep saying, I forgive him, I forgive him, eventually it, it'll work its way out, you know, all the way out, and you will. So she, I was leaving, and she was coming out, and I said, you know, honey, I says, you can choose to stay like you are, and you'll still get better because God's going to heal you because he's in the healing business. I said, but when God speaks something to you, if you will choose just to bear down and do it, you will have so many more shortcuts. You will not have to walk all the way around the bush three times, you know, sit and rest and get another word and go all the way around. Because really the truth, when you're not obedient to a word that God gives you, you do walk around the bush three or four times. If you could just learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit when he prompts you, our lives would be so much better. So when we're down in prayer and he moves on you, just be obedient. Just be obedient. Know that God has the best for you. And the troubles that we have here don't compare to the life we'll have with him. And it's not worth it to keep yourself in pain, to keep yourself in hurt, and to give other people that much power over you. Because that's what they have, is power over you when you won't forgive them. And let it go. So when the Holy Spirit is working and moving on you, just say, have your way, and just surrender your all. Because that's what he's desiring of you. Because when we do, we'll learn to soar as an eagle and not pick, peck with the chickens. And when we're down with the Lord and we're vulnerable with him, it's also worth it. Because you're missing out. You're missing out. Because when you can't surrender your whole heart, you're not getting everything. You're like a plug drain. Anybody ever had a half plug drain? where a little bit of water go down, but not a lot, okay? You need to be completely empty on the inside. Let that water of the Holy Spirit flow right through you. Get that all ugly out. Besides, remember Lazarus? He said, he stinketh. It stinks. There's things in your life stinks, and it's because of that problem. And it makes your personalities stink at times. It gives you bad attitudes, it gives you, makes you unteachable. It makes you controlling. It makes you pick people apart because you're trying to found, find self-gratification. It's not worth it. Down at his knees, laid flat out, broken, spilled out, being remolded in his image, filled in his spirit, rising up in his character, and bearing the fruit of the Spirit. So that when we walk out these doors and into the world, that we are 
like our Father, that when we talk to people, we will give them his wisdom and not ours. That when we reach our hand out, they feel his presence and not our fingers. And beyond that, you're going to live so much more happier, so much more freedom, so much more joy. Before I close, I want to ask you, if I gave you a piece of paper right now and you wrote down a spiritual inventory and the first was joy, peace, happiness, contentment, trust, love, goal in Christ. What would yours come what would yours say? If you did percentage, how much percentage of joy do you have? Real joy. Not real joy. Real joy. That joy, Brother Gary, that when you come to the house of God, didn't matter how much trouble you went through before you got here, that as soon as you come through the doors and you're standing right there and they start singing, you just want to explode because they're singing about in the midnight hour. And I've been there in that midnight hour, and there is joy that comes in the morning, okay? And I've been there when he's saying there's more, that Jesus wants more. There's that more song that Jen sings, you know? And I was like, yes, Lord, there's more. But more than that, There's people out here that you know what I'm talking about because God has been calling you to more. You feel the tug. You feel the pull. But you also, now that I've said it, you see how the enemy is stealing from you. Are you going to keep letting the enemy steal from you? Are you going to decide today that the enemy has no more authority in your life, that you're going to keep, you're going to stay on track, you're going to make the date with Jesus, you're going to do your spiritual inventory, and you're going to start rising up and soaring with the eagle. And I don't care if you have to run and you jump down for a minute. You keep running until you can soar. Make sure you can soar. Because you're called to soar, so it'll happen. It says you soar. But it's your choice. We have to choose whether we're going to soar or we're going to stay with the chickens. You can still, excuse me, you can still be with the chickens and love the Lord. And, you know, have little glimpse of happiness here and there, you know. Stuff. They do. They get fed. Chickens get fed. They get fed. But they only see it this high level. When you soar, you get to rise up over all the other things. And you get to see the plan and the picture that God's got. So we're eagles this morning, right? Not chickens? Okay. So let's all rise. Worship team, you can come back. I hope I said a word today that can encourage you, that will strengthen you, that will put a fire in you. We need a fire. We need our fire back. We need to go back to our first love. We need that excitement. It's that passion for him that makes you walk through the things that you walk through with victorious and still love. It's down there in that time, like I said, that those characteristics of his personality start forming and transforming into ours so that we can bear the fruit of the Spirit, so that we really, too, can have love, patience, and long-suffering. Long-suffering is very hard, I know. I've been walking through it. Long-suffering, okay? Long, long, long-suffering. I'm like, Lord, part of me wants to say, Lord, deliver me, but then the other part of me says, no, never mind, I'll just stay here. I don't want to go through this again. Just help me walk with grace. Let me learn the lesson that I'm trying to learn.
If there's anybody here today that wants prayer, I'd like you to come out and we'll pray with you. But if you just need encouragement and somebody to come in agreement with you, come down here and we'll pray with you. But you remember that there's more. There's so much more. I, I can't deliver to you what I feel in my spirit about in his presence. In his presence. That's where we belong. We belong in his presence. We belong in his presence. We have rights to go into his presence. And when you don't, you don't, you lack. You lack. And then the enemy puts a bullseye on you. And in parts of your life, he attacks and he attacks and he attacks. And he tries to beat you down. But I'm telling you, when you can get in his presence... And you can leave it with him, and he can give you a word that's just for you. That word that will encourage you. That word that will give you what you need to build your strength up. To know that you know that you know, Roger, that you're his son. And that he's called you, and that there's gifts and callings within you. And to rise up, because he'll walk with you. Because every last one of us will walk and meet Goliaths. We have Goliaths in our lives. There's going to be lion dens. There's going to be a fiery furnace. And it's in this time that's going to make you walk, whether victorious or you'll be crippled or the enemy will take you out. And I have to say today that we're in the last days. And if you want to be victorious and you don't want to fall to the side, Because it says even the elect might be persuaded by the enemy. It's going to be so close. It's going to be that relationship that makes the difference. It's going to be knowing who you are and who your God is. And his love for you. When things fall apart all around you, you can still stand and say, I know that God is God and that he will see me through this. And like the Hebrew children said, even if he doesn't, he's still my God. It's in that intimate hour. There's a call. The Holy Spirit's making a call. Come, sup with him. Enter in, know him. Be known. Rise up. So if there's anybody that's sick in body that would like to come up for prayer, we'd like to pray for you. Shannon, Jeff, Dad.